everyone, and welcome to episode 11 of Popcorn Hangover. I'm Anna. And I'm John, and today we are going to talk about our first music-related movie. I would say more so our first drama. Yeah, that's probably a more broad category. <laughs> yes, we went with a more serious movie than we have. I think this is the most serious movie for sure that we've watched. Oh, easily. Yeah. But we, uh, before we get into the movie and all of that good stuff, we just want to, you know, start as we always do with talking about our lives and any kind of movie news that's come up. Uh, this past week, I started The Politician Season 2, which just came out a couple days ago. So I started that. It's a good show. I really like Ben Platt, so that's why I watch it, but it, I don't know. It's kind of like I just watch it to watch it. I don't feel like it's that good. Yeah, I have not watched a single new thing this week. I've been kind of rewatching some old movies, so yeah. nothing really noteworthy, though. I mean, it is kind of cool, The Politician, because it's a lot about the things, you know, just like the political climate that we're in. It's like very, um, if you don't know what it is, it's Ben Platt, and every season is a different political race in his career. So the first one was his high school uh, school high school president senior class president um sorry the first season was him running for class president at his high school and then the second season is him running for state senate but like there's just a lot of like sexual things and not that like it's like it's, I don't know it's weird there's some weird stuff but it actually there are some really cool things that they talk about and like topical so that's fun yeah I've actually never heard of this show so. Oh, it was like really big when it came out the first season. It's by the same people that make Glee and American Horror Story. Oh, Ryan Murphy. Yeah. Gotcha. And Brad Fulchuk. Fulchuk. Yeah. But other than that, I haven't really been watching anything else. So just the same old, same old yeah. things that are on TV. <laughs> well, I guess we can pivot then into news. And this week we actually have some news. We have a lot of news. Yeah. Um, the biggest of which is that AMC announced late last week that they are going to be open for business on July 15th. So it said 90% of the locations with, I think New York and LA are the two places that have less of their locations, but you can go to AMC's website and they have like a track your location thing. So if you live near an AMC, July 15th, movies are going to be coming out. I think the plan is that they're going to re-release some older movies first. But there are two major releases in July, the first of which is Mulan on the 24th, which hit, was pushed back from March. And then the second one is Tenet, which comes out on July 31st. So, But you know John and I will be seeing both of those in theaters. Yeah, and I'm, I'm very excited. At first they said you weren't going to have to wear a mask, but now they have to. And Yeah, you have to wear a mask... Unless you're eating or drinking. Yeah. Which, it's kind of funny because you do kind of, like, eat for most of the time you're in a movie theater. So that's yeah. how people get around it. They'll just have, like, their popcorn in their lap. But I'm very excited to finally get to see something new, not on a TV. Yeah. So. It'll be nice to feel at home again and eat popcorn and have a, have a icy. Yeah. It'll be so good. And I'm really, I'm really interested to see if... Because, like, there's not a ton of stuff that's lined up yet. So it's going to be interesting to see if movies, like, stay in theaters longer. Or, you know, how... Because 
we could look at like Tenet could still or Tenet. I I keep saying it. Why wrong. do you call it that? I don't know. We could like it wouldn't be unrealistic for it to still be in theaters in November. What? There's like nothing coming out. John, that's way too long for something to be in theaters. It could happen. I don't know. Who knows what's gonna happen? November. Probably not. November. Probably not. Okay. Okay, that was stupid on my part. <laughs> but the other big news that came out today, actually, we're recording on Monday, is that Michael Keaton is going to be coming back to play an older Batman in um, DC's upcoming Flash movie, which, not getting real nerdy, the simple explanation is they're going to be combining a bunch of different universes into one. Um, so Michael Keaton was he'll be coming back as batman one who is in his 60s presumably as he is but it's gonna be really cool to see you know how weird dc gets because i don't know if we've talked on air about it but their problem is they try to copy everything that marvel does and this is a really big way that they can do something different especially with an iconic actor like michael keaton it'd be cool for them to do something that is unique to them and something that's not been done before like, that Marvel hasn't done, you know, they yeah. can't do that. So, being able to utilize a former Batman, I think that's really cool. Yeah, and it'd be, I mean, if it works... You I think could... it can be the same, like, nostalgia porn that Star yeah. Wars does. <laughs> well, it's it's the same thing how, like, Marvel, or Sony, I guess, has talked about doing a live-action Spider-Verse type movie where they bring in Tobey Maguire and they bring in uh, Andrew, Andrew Garfield. Garfield. But, I mean, honestly... DC with the actors that have played Batman, it would be way cooler yes. or, or better, so to speak. Yes. But, um, so yeah, that made a lot of news today on Twitter and I'm trying to think if there was anything else this week that was big. Well, uh, Hamilton, the live action musical, uh, recording will be released next Friday, July 3rd on Disney plus that I'm so excited about. I'm planning on watching it two times that day. Because I just cannot wait to watch it. Yeah, and the they dropped kind of like a teaser. Trailer, yeah. And it looks, as someone who hasn't seen Hamilton, I've only heard the soundtrack, it looks really good. Yeah, I mean, it looks like the musical. Yeah, but but it, it just looks like, it looks like a lot more thought went into it. Alright, so that's all for movie news. So now let's get into our movie of the week, which is Whiplash. Uh, Whiplash is a 2014 movie with Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons, but we decided to watch this because, number one, it's a shorter movie, Yeah, <laughs> we didn't have a lot of time, and number two, I said we hadn't done a drama before, and I also have never seen this movie, and nor has John, and I really wanted to watch it because I've heard such great things from people, so it was about time we watched this. Yeah, I think it just, like, it came about because we were talking about all these movies that we need to see. Like, there'd be a movie that we'd be talking about, and I'm like, oh, I haven't seen that, or, oh, yeah, we haven't seen that yet. And so, being, trying to think that we're movie buffs and we haven't seen certain movies has been <laughs> challenging. So, I think it's kind of recently become a goal of mine to watch movies that I say, oh, I need to watch, I need to see that, I need to see that, and I keep pushing it off and just doing it. So, this is the first step of many movies that I'll be watching in the future. And I think this is the first movie we've watched that actually has an actor who won an Oscar for their performance in the movie, so that was also kind of refreshing to do. But like Anna said, we're trying, we had a long conversation today about trying to 
be more conscious of movies that we say we should watch and actually following through on, following through on that. So in the coming weeks, we're probably going to make that more formal and kind of share with you guys like what we're looking at. Mm-hmm. But we're still in the process of figuring that out. Yeah. But we'll, we'll let you in on our little movie bucket list project. Yeah. But without further ado, uh, let's get into Whiplash. And we'll start, as always, with a quick little summary. So, as Anna said before, Whiplash is a 2014 drama about a young musician, Andrew Neiman, played by Miles Teller, who is a freshman at the fictitious Schaefer School of Music. The movie explores his relationship with one of the top jazz instructors slash directors in the industry, Terrence Fletcher, who's played by J.K. Simmons. Andrew's pursuit of perfection leads him to intense mental and physical stress, which, when aided with the intense method of Fletcher puts him in kind of a bad mental place. It is directed by... Bad mental place. I don't know how to phrase it, but he he's in a tough spot. He's like mentally distressed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's directed by Damien Chazelle, and it's actually based on a book that he wrote by the same name called Whiplash, and it's produced by Blumhouse. The movie was really successful for a low-budget film. It only cost $3.3 million to make, but it grossed $49 million, which for an independent film like this is very good uh it has a 93 percent critic score on rotten tomatoes and a 94 percent audience score both parties audience and critics praise simmons performance in particular for which he won best supporting actor at the oscars in addition to that it also won the oscar for best sound mixing and for best editing overall this is a good movie most, yeah most people think it is uh, and for our purposes, it was short, like Anna said, so that was really nice. <laughs> yeah. For watching short after... Short and to the point. Yeah, for watching after work, it was a treat. So what was your like first impression of the film? I guess the first thing that pops out that I think about is how good it looked, despite not having this huge budget. It's, like, very tight. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of wasted time yeah like you know how last week with king of stanton island we were like there were dead spots where i was like okay let's move it on let's move it on let's move it no on. i think every single scene you know contributed to the story and contributed so yeah this is a very character driven film and the plot is majorly focused on jk simmons and miles teller's characters ambitions their minds and their what and their motives throughout the film. So I think that every single thing we saw on camera had to do with telling the story of the complete their complete selves. Yeah, I and I think the second thing that stuck out to me, obviously, is the music. They only really play three or four songs in the movie, but they use this, like, repetition to really hammer home, um, like, Dr. Schaefer's kind of insanity, not insanity, perfectionism. Yeah. Is the right word. Like that one scene where he's just having him play the same two seconds over and over and over again. It re- And to us as an audience, we hear the same thing, but he's claiming to hear different things. So I think the music's the second thing that really sticks out to me. Yeah. Similarly to what I was saying before, I think what I like about this movie and movies that are kind of like this in the same vein of being so based on... I don't know. Based on the internal, I guess. Sorry, I'm. Yeah. My words are not really good today, but like the same thing. I like. I love Silver Linings Playbook, and that's not even about like more so the plot than it is about like the individual characters and their minds and like mm-hmm. and trying to understand them. And so I think that's the same thing with this. Is that I like. 
I always am intrigued by movies like that and just seeing human nature. And that's kind of what I like the best. So that was why from the start, I think it was really interesting for me to watch. What would you say before we talk specifics? Is there a moment or something that really stood out? Like when you think about it, like, is there a moment that you're like, that's what I think of with this movie? Um, I mean, I would say the ending, like, but I think, so definitely like the major, I mean, we'll talk about it. Like, I think the most impactful scene is the, uh, the last performance, mm-hmm. but I do think the part that really got my wheels turning and w- was really interesting was when he's in the, bu- in the jazz bar talking yeah. to him and he's, and, uh, Dr. Fletcher is like telling Andrew his motivations and why he does the things he does and then it kind of makes you like wait I kind of understand now mm-hmm. it's just yeah it just kind of shows you there's two sides to every story but it's not saying that one's right or one's wrong but it is like there's different ways to look at the way people act and why they yeah. do the things they do yeah I think the scene that stands out to me and I know we'll dive into it but the conversation the first real conversation they have in the hallway mm-hmm. before yeah. Andrew's like first performance with their jazz group is really eye-opening to me because the twist that it sets up is like horrifying there's a lot of twists and turns this movie yeah well i saw one one review one movie critic they said that it's a psychological thriller and i didn't think of it that way but then i was kind of like it kind of is because it is psychologically like yeah that's what the whole point of this is is the psychological twists and turns that these two uh main characters play off of each other is what drives the movie and so i guess it, it could be considered like a psychological thr- thriller i guess yeah i would i would agree with it i would never come up with that thought on my own no i just saw it from one of the now i kind of can't unthink it mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah I'd, I'd agree with that yeah so yeah let's get we'll go into the plot now like John said before, he was like, I don't think we'll be talking too much in plot because a lot of the scenes, as you can imagine, are playing music. <laughs> well, and so, it's hard It's hard to distinguish. Describe each one. It's hard to distinguish, but I think that you can break this movie down by interactions. Yeah. That's really like the core conflicts. Yes. All right. So the movie starts uh, with Andrew practicing drumming in a room and suddenly Dr. Fletcher walks in and Andrew stops playing and they have a conversation. I mean, obviously Andrew says he knows who he is that, you know, everyone wants to play for Dr. Fletcher's band. So then Dr. Fletcher's asking him to like do certain, you know, drumming chords or what, what did he call them? The, uh, I, C. do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. I don't remember what the word is for it. Yeah. So he tells him to start playing like certain certain notes and certain Techniques. combinations. Yeah. And he doesn't quite get it right and then at one point he's trying really hard, he's focusing so hard and Dr. Fletcher walks out. Yeah. And then he walks back in, and he goes, "Oops," and like forgot his jacket and leaves. So I didn't think about it the first time that scene happened. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, it was an accident." That was the first mind game. Yeah. Like, everything is mind games. Of course, yeah. There, It all has to do with, like, how it's the control. Yeah. But the first thing I thought was, God, I hope this is better than Drumline. Have you seen that movie? No, I haven't. It's not good. 
And I felt like it, like, at first I was thinking it was going to be similar to that, where, like, I knew it was a better movie, but I was like, oh my god, if it's the same plot where, like, this guy's a trouble kid, and he always breaks the rules, but then he's a really gifted drummer, but it's <laughs> a drum line, I was like, no, 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 this is not what I want. But it was not that, obviously. But that was my first thought. <laughs> you find out that he goes to school, then you kind of, then you kind of get all the context clues, like, he goes to school there, he's in a second tier band at the moment well he's not just in a second tier band he's the second drummer in the second tier yes jazz ensemble group whatever they are and then dr fletcher comes in while they have band practice and again i at the time i was like oh he's looking for the right person no he was doing it like everything every single interaction that that dr fletcher and Andrew had, Dr. Fletcher had a purpose yeah. and he knew what he wanted the outcome to be. Yes. He knew when he wanted, he knew when he wanted him, Andrew to feel confident and he knew when he wanted him to make him feel like the scum on the earth. And that is something at first you're thinking like, oh, he's just a miserable, like, I just kept thinking at first, like, oh, he just pushes them really hard and he's a miserable person and like, he's had, he had just that. But then it kind of turns into this thing like, no, 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 it isn't just, this is, this is calculated. Yeah, every every single thing. And I guess that's the thing is once you learn more about him, his perfection, obviously every single move is calculated because every single thing in his life, and especially in his band and music, needs to be perfect. And if it's not perfect... Then it's nothing. Then it's nothing. Then it's, then it's crap. Yeah. So, like I said, he comes in there and he asks every single member of that band to play two notes. And, and Andrew plays and he says okay come be there at 6 a.m tomorrow for the core band and andrew wakes up late he wakes up at 602 sprints to get there and finds that no one's there and the practice doesn't start until nine so he sits in that room for three hours yes and not even to be a core player but to sit second on the drums yeah and i think the biggest thing that started to make me understand dr fletcher was i don't understand but just like see his motivations was when they all come when he comes in and everyone stands up and then he's about to start the music and he stands there with his hand steady Mm -hmm. and he won't he like he's not starting it yet everyone's just sitting there on the edge of their seats waiting because if they get the note wrong you know they're gonna get yelled at yeah and i wrote down i feel like Every, the things he does to hold control, like, this is how he scares and he tortures students so that he can be, have control over them. Well, and that transitions perfectly to something that happens literally five seconds after this. They start playing the song, the titular Whiplash, and he stops them about 10 seconds into the song because someone is off tune and he goes group by group to figure out who's off tune and he finally gets to the trombone and he is just berating this kid he he's calling him fat he he had a couple clever insults in there but you know and he tells this kid he's like i know you were off tune uh play a couple notes for me he plays and he kicks the guy out of the band and then well he he says no he never says oh no no, he he asks him that's the specific thing he keeps saying do you think he keeps asking the band if you're off tune speak up and if you don't know you're off tune that's even worse if you and then so he goes and he says 
do you think you're off tune? He doesn't speak. He yells at him even more. He says, do you think you're off tune? And he says, yes. And he goes, get out. Get, yeah. get out. And after that, I mean, my mouth dropped. There are so many times, like, so many little twists in, like, yeah. what he does where I'm like, no. Well, and for some reason, I never see it coming. Yeah, because the point where my jaw dropped wasn't when he kicked him out. It was when he said, oh, I know he wasn't off tune. And then he points to, like, the other guy. He's like, Johnson, I know it's you. Fix it. But and, it's just as bad. It's, it's bad so enough, bad. but it's ba- It's worse that he didn't know he was off tune. Yeah. That's even worse than being off tune. And I was like, oh, my God. And immediately after this is when he has Andrew switch to f- to actually playing on the drums. He said, like, we have a squeaker here. We're going to take 10, and then it's his turn to be up. And this leads us to the hallway scene, which is horrific in hindsight. So... Mm-hmm. Dr. Fletcher asks Andrew, he says, hey, do you have any musicians in your family? And he's playing real buddy-buddy with them. And Andrew's like, no, my dad is a writer, but he's really a teacher because we learned that his dad had a failed writing career and that his mom left when he was really young. And And he just tells him, like, just relax. Like, you just feel it out. Like, you'll be fine. And he says, like, you know, he said something about how if you don't have musicians in your family, just listen to the greats. And he names off a couple of famous drummers and and andrew's like oh, i already do and he says relax like you said relax you'll do great so then we get back into the room <laughs> they start playing and he at first he's like oh it's good it's good it's good it's good it's good and then he stops andrew and just starts like toying with him i wouldn't say toying with him i would say berating him and humiliating him like he, oh, oh, and he threw a chair at him. Yeah, like he kept saying he was... He was like, are you dragging or are you... Are you dragging or are you fast? I don't know if it was fast. But the other thing he kept saying to him is like, you're stupid, like you're just like insulting intelligence. And then suddenly he starts to literally repeat back everything that he said about his family. And it's like, oh, you're, you know, your mom left you as a little boy. No one wants you. Your dad has failed. Like you're not going to yeah. amount to anything. And just pushing him and pushing him and pushing him. And he leaves that session and practices all night at all hours. He brings his his mattress into his practice room at school and so he can sleep by the, by his by the drum set. Yeah. And his hands are constantly bleeding because he's playing so hard so much. Yeah, and he gets to the point where... He's not even using the charts anymore. He just has them memorized. He's charts. You just remembered that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he has the entirety of the song memorized because he's determined that he's going to be the best. He's going to win this man's uh, admiration. Yeah. I think it's all about like getting his approval that he is good. Yeah. And we also remember he's 19. He's the youngest person in the band. Yes. At this prestigious music school for, I mean, they make it seem like it's the most prestigious. It is. That's what he says. Yeah. Academic yeah. jazz ensemble. Yeah. Um, and that brings us to, we kind of skipped, um, I don't know if we really skipped it, but he goes to the movies with his father every week or something. Like he's yeah, a regular there. Week, yeah. And there's always a girl behind the counter that does concessions. He asked her out and they're they're getting pizza and they're just talking about things and she goes to Fordham and she doesn't have 
any idea what she's doing or what she wants to do, but you kind of find out more that obviously drumming is a passion for him. He wouldn't be at this school if drumming wasn't a great passion of his and that he was good at it, but you slowly start to see his ambition and his drive and how strong that is Mm -hmm. and that he does not care about making friends. He doesn't care about having people in his life. He only cares about drumming and being great, being one of the greats. Yeah. I think that's kind of what the driving factor is throughout the movie for Andrew is that he will not give up until he gets, like, he just pushes so hard because he wants to be great and he knows, and he thinks in his head to be great, he must have the approval of Dr. Fletcher. Yes. Uh, so then they get to their first performance competition. Yeah. And Andrew catches a break because their lead drummer gave him his sheet music. I don't know if he catches a break. I want to know who I took a, the folder. Mm, I know. I think that he took the folder. The whole time I was watching, I wasn't thinking that Fletcher took it. I was thinking that Andrew took it. He made it disappear. I don't think but so. But I don't think so. Um, but the lead drummer entrusted Andrew with his sheet music, and Andrew loses it. Well, and before that, Dr. Fletcher was like, stop leaving these everywhere. If you yeah. lose it, that's your problem. Yeah. The folder's lost. And the main guy, I can't remember his name. Yeah, I don't but know. But he he does not have it memorized. So instead, Andrew's going to play. Well, I want to bring up something that was kind of ridiculous during what? this scene. And that's the guy who was the lead drummer before is like, I don't know the music. And Dr. Fletcher's like, how do you not know it? You played all the time. And he's like, it's a it's like a mental condition. Like, I can't remember. Me- medical. Oh, a medical condition. Yeah. And we kind of asked each other when we were watching, what is he talking about? Isn't that just normal? He says bad, doesn't have great memory. I, I what don't did, know. What did he say? He's like, I need it as a visual. He rem- needs visual cues. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, this leads to Andrew getting his big break. Or what, What at this point in the movie, we think it's his big break. Yeah. Because in a normal movie, this is where things kind of turn, where it's like, okay, we've had some adversity. We're like halfway through the movie. You know, we're going to get that. We're going over the cliff. That did not happen. Yeah, so he became first chair, um, and he was part of the core band from then on. But, I mean, okay, so then that happens, and he's feeling really, like, on top. He's, like, seeing Nicole, which is the girl, and he also had a dinner with his family. I think this is really where you see his ambition uh, shine through, and what's important to him in life is becoming the best drummer that he can be one not even just best drummer he can be one of the best yeah like it doesn't even stop i just think that's the biggest thing is it doesn't stop it like i'm gonna just hone my craft so i can be the best i can be it's doesn't it's not that it's i will be the best or nothing well and we see the family scene is tough Mm -hmm. to watch because his his extended family doesn't really seem to get no it doesn't seem like anyone really gets him because he doesn't care about yeah his his dad dad gets it but like, we see it, so he has a cousin, I think, or is it a brother? I don't know, it doesn't matter. We have, like, a cousin who's a college football player and another cousin who's a Rhodes Scholar, which are really prestigious things on their own, and we see that he, like, equates what he's doing to that, and they just don't get it. They're not the same. That's the other thing, is they're not the same. He plays for a D3 football team. 
He's the quarterback of a D3 football team. He plays, like, and Andrew is in the core jazz band of the best music school in the country. Yeah. I guess it's more equating to the cousin that's a Rhodes Scholar, because that's really hard to... That's prestigious. Yeah, but not the same. But you're right. This is where we see him outwardly kind of express that obsession even more. Yeah. And he did have a great line about four words you'll never hear to his cousin who's a college football player. It's like something about the NFL. I don't remember what it was. It was a good line. And so they're going to their next their next competition. They'll be playing Caravan, which is a different song. And everyone picks up the music for it um, and has, has come back that night for rehearsal. And this was like the most... This is when I literally was like, this man is so evil. Like, I just, I, I thought he was, I mean, okay, you guys have to watch this movie because, like, the stuff that would come out of his mouth, I mean, he was abusive. Like, I will not. Yeah, we will not say what he said. No. And I will not, I will not dispute that. But I was also kind of like, okay, he's just, like, a really abuse, like, he's just a very, yeah. like, tough teacher. But then when he did this, this is when I started to see, like, oh, like, no, he's, like, actually probably an evil man. Like, just a horrible, horrible person. He dismisses everyone and they pick up their music. And another student, he tells Andrew to hang back and brings in another drummer and says that he's, I'm actually going to give him a chance. So why don't you, I gave him the music this morning. Why don't you guys play a little bit and we'll see who's better. Which is so messed up because he got the music two seconds before that. Yeah. And... Of course, he chooses Connolly to get... Oh, he sounded like shit. Oh, he sounded... T- and even to, like, our untrained ears, you could tell that, that Andrew was better. Yeah. But, like you said, it's all about control. Well, and I think, too, it was kind of, like, just throwing him in his in his face. And I don't yeah. know... You know another thing I thought was, like, is he trying to make him, like... He's not a natural, and that's what he's trying to show tell him, is that, like, you can practice so much, but you're not a natural... I don't know. See, I, I was trying to extrapolate what his mess, what like his lessons. And we find out later he says like Connolly was only there to push him harder. Yeah, but but it is interesting once you have the whole picture to kind of think back and be like, okay, what did that scene teach you? And I don't know what this scene teaches you. Maybe it's that he, you're right that he's not a natural. I but don't, I don't think you that he's a psych. But I don't think that Doctor Fletcher is psycho. I don't think Andrew ever thought he was a natural because obviously how hard he had to work to this point in the movie, someone who's a natural wouldn't have to do that. I also think no matter how much of a natural you are, you still have to put in the work. Yeah. And, yeah. An important thing in this scene, too, is Dr. Fletcher gets a phone call, and he goes off into his office after he picks Connolly, and Andrew kind of sticks up for himself for the first time in the movie and is like, hey, I, what are you doing? He, he pushes back. And Dr. Fletcher's like, now's not a good time. And Andrew's like, I've earned that seat. I've I've earned my place. And Fletcher's like, no, you you haven't. You Is this when he says the thing about the sheet music? No, right? That's later. Well, he tells me you've, you earn nothing. Yeah. Like, you, you, it's my part. Like, you know, yeah, you haven't earned anything. Yeah. And I he says that, like, you'll have the chance tonight. Yeah. And then he leaves. Yeah. Yeah, so then... He breaks up with Nicole. Nicole before their practice night because I think yeah that's when he realizes how hard he's going to have to work, which he already knew. But 
it you can even see like mentally the toll that yeah this ambition is already taking on him that's he's being pushed to his breaking point the fact that he says to her like i'm just gonna resent you if you ever want me to stop playing to drum like it's gonna drumming's in the way of our relationship and just making broad assumptions about their relationship yeah he's projecting months down the line yeah and we see how broken he is i mean or like fragile i guess when that scene ends we go right into this this night practice rehearsal for their new song caravan Mm -hmm. and this is one of the hardest scenes in the movie i think where the band starts to play the song and fletcher stops everyone from playing because the drumming's wrong because Connolly can't get it right. It's not quite his tempo. Yeah, it's says. not not quite his tempo. And at this point, there's three drummers because the first guy, he wasn't kicked out of the band. He just lost his spot. And Fletcher tells uh, Andrew to step up and to try. Not his tempo. He tells the other guy to step up. Not his tempo. And then he tells the rest of the band, hey, you guys take 10, take an hour, do whatever. But we're going to get the drumming figured out because like the rest no, of the that's band... That's not what... Yeah, I know that's what he said, John, but can we just be more specific? He said, we're not leaving here until the drumming's right. Yes. That's what he said. Yeah. They just continue to take turns, and he continues to berate them if it's wrong, and tell them to try harder, do harder, go faster, um, personally attacks them, you know, he personally attacks sexuality, uh, Connolly has red hair, so he says that he's, like, like a leprechaun, and then he yeah. says to, you know you know, just as bad things to Andrew. And then finally, Andrew hits his breaking point and goes, like, actually starts to go fast and keeps the tempo right on point. And this, at this point, they started rehearsal at 9. It's 2 a.m. Yeah. When they get the drumming right. Yep. And so he finally goes, great, good, look, you earned that. So that that was kind of like his lesson to him, like he earned mm-hmm. this. And so then he, wait a second, was it the beginning of this practice was when he talked about the guy that died? Yes. Sorry, okay, we got to backtrack a second. So this is a big part yeah. at the end. Dr. Fletcher comes in and plays some music and talks about a student he used to mentor that wasn't very good but worked really hard and then became an amazing trumpet player Mm -hmm. and he said that he had found out that yesterday that the day before he died a car crash yeah and that he was crying because he was like i just want everyone to know how great of a musician he is Mm -hmm. and so then that then all this happens whatever so then but by the time they end this like that's at 2 a.m he earns a spot and then they practice. And so who knows? I don't even know when they left. They probably left like 5 a.m. Yeah. And we learned that this new piece they're preparing isn't for a competition in a few weeks. It's for a competition the next day. They all have to get to this competition on their own. That's the key part. So we cut to Andrew's on a bus going to somewhere else in New York. I don't remember where it was. And the bus breaks down. So Andrew is going to call a cab, but there's no cabs to be found. It's going to take a cab too long to get there. So he, he sprints to a rental car agency. They're open till five and it's like 
before closing time. It's like four fifty. Yeah, it's like four fifty. But he has to. They had already like started to close up shop. He knocks on a door. He's able to rent a car, but he leaves his sticks at the rental agency. He has to drive like fifteen minutes to get to the concert hall. He goes like eighty miles per hour. Yeah, he's he's flustered. He's sweating. He looks like crap, and he gets there, and he's like, uh, Fletcher's. Like, I gave the part to Connolly, you were late. And he says, no, I earned the part. And Fletcher points out, well, I can only give the part to a drummer who has sticks. And at this point, he gives him an ultimatum. He says that either you're on stage in 10 minutes, warming up with the band, with your sticks, or you're done. Yeah. And, like, they're just, at this point, they're both berating each other. Like, he's like, no, like, fuck, like, they're just screaming at each other. He says to him the only reason why you have this part is because you lost a... You lost the other guy's folder. Yeah, you lost a folder, so don't even start. And so he runs out. He thinks he left in the car. No, he drives all the way back to the rental car agency and then is on his way back and calls one of the bandmates and says, I'm going to be there. I'll be there in, like, five minutes. And he's like, are you driving? He's like, no, no, no. I'll be there. Don't worry. I locked my car. I don't know why he was so concerned about that. Like, he, the thing is, he would never say... But I think that's the whole thing, is he doesn't want... Like, he wants... You know, he has so much control over the him that it's like, there is no excuse. There's never yeah. an excuse. Like, yeah. I, I ha- he has to be on. And I jumped. Oh, my gosh. But he's driving, and he's speeding, and he and then they also hear on the um, the navigation, like... Left take turn it to, ahead. Left turn ahead, left turn ahead. And then he gets hit by a semi. Yep. Like, flips over. He's concussed, I am sure of he's, it. He's concussed. The entire left side of his body is bloody. His hand is, like, shaking that he needs to drum with. Um, But he gets out of the car. He, he runs. And, and he sprints to the concert hall. I mean, and that's the thing. Is like, it's worth this much. Like, this is how much this means to him, this playing how much control dr fletcher has over him because he needs to be there he needs to make this work yeah and he's believed i mean like he looks i mean this is like from the commercial because i remember seeing this like yeah. in the previews and stuff but he's there's blood ever he's there's blood coming from his head and dr fletcher just like what the hell's wrong with you but he just lets him play yeah he just I, that was the most messed up Part. And then he's yelling at him, like, what's wrong with you when he keeps dropping his sticks? When he obviously looks like he has a concussion or yeah. something. Like, we forgot like to- you're a college professor. You need to go and be like, no. We we forgot to say earlier, one of the conditions, too, was that if he played, if he messed up a he single... He better be on point. If, if he messed up a single note, he would be kicked, he'd be kicked out. And he said that he would make sure that he would never play for any group at Schaefer again, and he would just be flipping pages until he graduated or dropped out. Yeah. Um, so then when he messes up, he gets up and like, he's like, get out of here. Like yelling at him. And so then as he's walking away, he turns back and he like attacks him on stage. Like just, yeah. Andrew attacks Fletcher. Yeah. Sorry. Just to clarify. Sorry. Andrew attacks Fletcher, which I was like, whoa. But that's the thing is that he was pushed so far to the edge that like, I mean, I don't even know how, like, what kind of situation do you get in where you've been in a car accident, still go to try to play at a concert, and then yeah. try to kill your teacher? I, I mean, know. it was absolutely insane at yeah. that point. So then after this, number one, he gets kicked out of 
Schaefer. Schaefer. And then the other thing is his father had been talking to a lawyer. Well, I think it was like a parent association. I, I looked up. It was a lawyer. Oh, okay. So he'd been talking to a lawyer that was looking into the case of Casey was his name. Yeah. Yeah. The student who... Who um, got in the car accident and died. That he was crying... That Dr. Fletcher was crying about. She said... He goes, why are you here? Like, what is this for? And she said that... I don't know if you know who Casey, whatever, is. Yeah. And he says, yeah, I've heard of him. Well, he had hung himself Mm -hmm. last month. So it was a month. So he... So that was a big... My mouth dropped. It was like... Because he committed suicide instead, because he had anxiety and depression, which were which w- which started, yeah after were after being with Doctor Sh- Sh- Doctor Fletcher, yeah and so a bunch of parents wanted to make sure like there, it's there wasn't a lawsuit or anything, but they just wanted to make sure that he didn't do that to any other student, yeah, um and at first Andrew won't do it. I mean that's the thing is like it's like the power he has over him is so strong that he won't even. Mm-hmm betray him after he everything he's done to him mentally uh but finally he does give in and says you know tell me what you want me to say and i'll say it Mm -hmm. and we learn that this leads to dr fletcher's firing we jump forward in time it's now the summer andrew has his own apartment because he doesn't live at school anymore and he's walking around new york city and he walks past this jazz club and it turns out that Dr. Schaefer, or Dr. Fletcher, is going to be performing that is, night. Is, is, performing. is, is performing right, <laughs> right then, in. right then, right then. And we see a small jazz group playing this beautiful song. Anyway, uh, Dr. Fletcher sees Andrew in the crowd and comes and talks with him after the song's done. Which I think is one of the most, which is one of the best scenes, like especially for J.K. Simmons. Like, I just think that was, and I'll explain why I think it was really good. He is so manipulative yes. that he gets me to feel sympathy for him. Yep. We've watched, I mean, I think that's the thing. What's so good about this movie is there's so many, you get all these hints, you get all these warnings throughout the film that he is not a good person, that he is pushes people, he's, controlling he's abusive he's it's a he's psychologically you know tormenting people but for some reason i'm like oh i sympathize with what he says because i wrote down i literally wrote down word for word all the stuff he says to him because he told he tells andrew that he got fired um and that he doesn't understand like it was a joke but he was like everyone has peach like everything's peaches and cream like that like yeah why, why would anyone have anything bad to say about me um, but he says that, but what people don't understand that it's more to me than just, you know, being a conductor. That's not what I was there for. Anyone can just wave their hand, but I was there to push people beyond what's expected of them. Because if I didn't do that, then I would be depriving the world of the next great musician. Greatness. Like, I think that was another thing he kept saying, which kind of made me realize that like in his mind, Greatness comes from pain, darkness, absolute drive and ambition that only comes from your deepest, darkest parts coming out of you. Yeah. And then he also says that there are no worse words 
today, you know, in, in today's society than good job, because then you're never being pushed to go farther, to take the next step. And at that point, Andrew questions, well, you know, that's all good, but when, when is the line, is there a line? And he says, no. And I forget, did you write down how he justified it? Well, he basically says the same thing. Like, it's just about like pushing people, but he said that He's like, I never had a Charlie Parker, which is a famous jazz musician, but I tried. And that's better than what other teachers do. Yeah. He's like, I really, he's like, I really fucking tried. I tried to make. And so, I mean, at that point, I'm thinking to myself, I understand that pursuit. I can understand. And I think, obviously, we know that, like, sometimes, like, pushing people does bring out the best in them sometimes. But like Andrew said, where is the line? that you cross, you know, when, when does pushing become too much that it becomes so mentally, that it pushes them to be so mentally unstable that like Casey, he'll, they'll kill themselves because they can't reach that. And like, they can't get to that point. Yeah. That gets, it's past their breaking point. And so, I mean, a lot of the greatest musicians or artists or anything in the world are people that have endured great, great pain, suffering, and have had to push past many, many obstacles. So I do agree that that is how you find greatness, but not all people are meant for greatness, and you can't push people mm-hmm. past their breaking point. Yeah, and what I what I loved about this scene is that, I mean, one, it's J.K. Simmons doing an absolutely incredible job. I mean, job. there's so much to draw to him. Like, you are drawn to him. Like, yeah, I, I felt you, drawn to I him. I mean, we've, at this point in the movie, for like an hour plus... You have seen this man berate, like just terrorize, humi- humiliate, and and I mean, it's not all his fault. But Andrew got in a car crash because of how much control this man had over his life. And you you see all these terrible things, and you forget about it all because of how captivating. Yes. Like, I wouldn't say, I, like, was going to write, like, charismatic, but it's not even that he's charismatic. It's not. It's, it's not. like, he, he just has this draw, this captivation the, that you, and, like, you want to, you can see, like, how, why people want to impress him. Like, it's like, you just want to get his, catch his eye one moment to yeah. see that glimmer of, like, you're doing it's, great. It's this weird, it's this weird sense of caring he gives about other people, even though I don't think he does. Yeah. I don't know. It's... I don't remember watching this Oscars, but I would be surprised if when they show, like, the clip when they won, if they didn't show this scene. Yeah. Because it it's incredible. It was the best. I mean, I think these, because honestly, the next scene is the, is the last scene. These two scenes are the best scenes yeah. in the entire movie. I mean, oh my gosh, the whole, that's the thing is the whole movie leads up to it and it builds. And that's what's so great about this movie is, like we said earlier, there's no scene, there's no part of this movie that I think could be taken out. I also think that every single little moment that you see builds and builds and builds to this to the these moments yeah. with well, them. So before we get to the to the very last scene, um, I just want to talk about the conversation they had outside of yeah. the jazz club, and it's interesting because he's he's both propping him up and giving him digs at the same time. Even still, um, the dig he gave him is. Uh, Andrew's talking about how, like, he chose him because he could play double time well, and he's like, 
I told you exactly what I was looking for. So it's crazy because this whole time we're like, oh, Andrew's good at that. And then you think back and you're like, well, he did tell him exactly. And then he couldn't do it when he asked him to do Caravan. Yeah. Um, but uh, Dr. Fletcher invites him to play drums with uh, a group of professional musicians at the, uh, it's at a jazz music festival. JWC. I don't think it's JWC. JV, JVC. Oh, JV, JVC at um, Carnegie Hall. And uh, he tells him, you know, we're playing, we're, we're the opening group and we're playing some of the old songs that I used to use at Schaefer. So um, they're using Whiplash, they're using Caravan. And he's like, it's the stuff you know, and you know the charts inside and out. The drummer I had wasn't cutting it. Andrew's kind of hesitant and Dr. Fletcher says, you know, take the weekend, think about it. And at this point, Fletcher says that he does not know who turned him in. He thinks it was someone from Casey's grade. Yeah. So at this point, and that's why I'm, I even thought that before like anything else happened. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, and that's the thing is like that the hold he has and he's so drawn to him that even all the abuse he endured, even after turning him in. Yeah. To, you know, to having he be the person that got him fired he still wants his approval and he still wants to work with him insane and we'll see even why it's even more insane because he gets on stage and he's excited he's nervous and it's this big moment for him and he even says so this is the other thing is before they go on stage dr fletcher says all right everyone none of all of you are new to this and new to carnegie hall i guess yeah and he says that this could be the moment that changes your life where you get a call and you can be, you know, first seat for whatever. Um, he named a couple yeah. major groups. And then, but if you mess up, your career is over because they never forget. Yeah. One performance. They'll never forget even if you mess up one performance. And so he gets out there and Dr. Fletcher says, all right, everyone, we'll be doing some of our classics. But we're going to start with something yeah. new. And it's a song called Upswing. Oh, wait, but before he says that, he, right before he says that, he goes over and he smiles at Andrew and goes, you think I'm stupid? I know it was you. And then turns around and says that. And my mouth, I was sitting there like, no, 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 no. I cannot believe he just did that. Like, this is when it's like the nail in the coffin. Like, this man is a psychotic person. Yeah. Psychopath. He's sociopath. It it's not at this sociopath. point at this point it's not even control. It's it's when you're in an argument with someone and you're gonna get the last word. This is his mic drop last word. Worse screw, than last word. Like screw you. And especially after that thing about, you know, this can end your career, he is trying to end any hope that this nineteen year old kid has at music. Yes. Any hope. Like that's the thing is like he's like in his sixties or you know, I mean, 50s, 60s. Yeah. And he goes and he is, all he cares about is that you made me look a fool, that I'm going to make you, a 19-year-old kid, never have a life. Like, the passion you have for drumming, you'll never drum again. And so it is crazy. I mean, crazy. Just And, I, and, and what's crazy is that, 
Number one, I'm surprised. And you think to yourself, there were so many signs that he would do, not exactly this, but yeah. something like this. Well, but, but that's what, too, even makes that prior scene so much more pivotal is because you think that a corner's been turned. You you really do. Like it, It's going to be a happy ending. He's going to be so good. And then just, oh, my God. And well, that's why... It's just, it just keeps turning. And, well, and this movie does play on expectations we have as audiences that, like, there is a clear, there is a clear good guy. There's a clear redemption, usually, with a villain. Like, like modern stories are very predictable, and this movie is not. No. Even, like, the last, like, 10, oh my the last God. 20 minutes, I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen next. Um... But, but they play they play upswing and of course it's terrible. Like the rest of the band is good because they practiced it, but Andrew gets called out by the bass player who's standing like they, next he to him. He doesn't even know what he's doing. He doesn't have any kind of music. He's never heard this before. And this leads to Dr. Fletcher kind of smirks at him and Andrew literally walks off stage. At the end of the song. Um and then his dad comes and meets him and hugs him. But then at that moment, and I think what I kind of thought it was, like, he, in that moment he turns back and he goes and he sits back down. It was kind of the thing, is like, I'm not going to let him control me anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do this. I'm going to prove my worth, not for you, but for myself. Yeah. Like, this is him, instead of trying to deserve greatness and trying to get the approval of greatness, mm-hmm. that he's now taking greatness for himself. Yeah. And what I love about when when he sits back down is they're getting ready to play Caravan, which is the song that ended his career at Schaefer. And instead of waiting for Dr. Fletcher to start the song, he just starts playing. Well, no, because he doesn't know if that's what he was going to do, John. Is it? Yeah, because he was, he hadn't even said, he was like, no, he just started playing it because he's like, I'm going to prove it. Oh, okay. I can prove I can play this. And then he goes, then he mouths, fuck you to him. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, fuck you. And he just plays. <laughs> And, and then that's when he tells the bass player, he's like, he's like, he's I'll, like, I'll give he's you the He's like, cue. I'll count you in. He counts him in. And so then, and that's, I think is he has, cause he was like, why are you coming back out here? Why are you out here? But he has no choice to keep him out there because the whole, like, he can't go and like do the same thing, make a scene in Carnegie yeah. Hall. There already was a scene. He's like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. And so then he has no choice but to lead the whole entire band at Caravan. Yeah. And he actually kills it. Yeah. I mean, he's doing, I mean, you can see the surprise on Dr. Fletcher's face. And at the end of the, uh, at the end of the song, the song ends and the lights go down and Andrew does not stop playing. He keeps going and he goes faster and faster and faster. And this is like a, what? He, he has a drum solo. I didn't look up the time. It's at least eight minutes. Yes. And, like, Dr. Fletcher at one point is like, what the hell are you doing, Andrew? And he's like, I'll cue you, I'll cue you. And then, like, he's a, he seems like he's annoyed at first, but then, like, near the end of it, yeah. he is so impressed. He keeps, you know, he's telling him to keep the tempo, where to keep it, because he goes from being super fast to being to like, very, so, so, still fast, but soft. And, like, it was amazing. I mean crazy it was just mesmerizing number one uh and in the end he ends it and then they do the thing where it's like did it did it yeah uh and then 
he finally does the drum solo. He ends. He has it's perfect, and then bam, the credits. Yeah, and there's no. It just leaves you just to think. There, there is no talking about this final scene that can do it justice because it's. I hate looking at movies and being like, "Oh, look deep at it," but there's so much that they do with just their body language in this last ten minutes. That's just unbelievable. Like, yeah, you just see so much in what like the stuff that J- the way J.K. Simmons acts and the way that he, yeah. the both of them like. And I think then I just kept thinking like, it's number one in the beginning of when he when he says like, "Oh, we we're doing something new," and like says, "I knew it was you." You think. I didn't. You think I'm dumb? Yeah. And then he's going to destroy him. So my thing at first was, was this out of spite? And that's what you think. You're like, yes, he's just trying to spite him. But then it's kind of like, then you think back to all the stuff he said at the bar. And I'm like, was, or was this a final test? The final push to push him to be as great as he could be. So I think it's the latter. I I think that it was the final push. And it's like, Either. And that's what's so messed up about it because yeah. you're like, he is so abusive and an awful, awful person. Oh, but he's at the terrible. same time, he pushes him. Like, at the same time, like, that is what gets Andrew to greatness. Whether that be him deciding to do take the greatness for himself, he still was pushed there by Dr. Fletcher yeah. no matter what. And so, oh my God. It's just this, there's so much you can unpack and just analyze in that movie. Yeah. Psycho- psycho- psychologically, psychologically. Yeah. And, and so like I was saying, I think I land on the side that it was a final test and it's, no, I agree. And, and it's a real, it's a real make or break. Cause he's either gonna, everyone is going to see how great of a, of a performer he is, or he just doesn't have it. I think, though, though, at the same time, that Dr. Fletcher expected him to walk off the stage and not come back. Yeah. Well, because I think, like, you know, like he said, he goes, I've, he's like, I've never had a Charlie Price, and he ne- never even close. Yeah. And so he's just, I think, too, maybe the problem with Dr. Fletcher, too, is that he's been trying so hard for so many years to find someone that he can teach mm-hmm. that can achieve greatness, and he hasn't found that yet. And so he's kind of lost hope and is so cynical about it that when he does actually do what he wants him to do and uh, gets to the place that he can be, he's surprised. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Yeah. So I, I have a big question too, cause I guess since you asked yours, I'll ask mine or I don't know if you have more, but no. okay. So as much as I love that final scene, there is something that I'm kind of sitting with and I can't shake. Do you think that Andrew, like, responding to that challenge, if you want to even call it, do you think that that kind of diminishes the justice, if you want to call it, that that Dr. Fletcher received earlier in the movie? Because in a way, this kind of justifies... Validates, yes. All of those years of just being a terrible person. So... I think that's the thing with this movie is it doesn't really have to do with the just... I mean, like, so we watched this movie with John's mom. Mm-hmm. And, like, the whole time, like, she was like, oh, like, that guy sucks. He's so me- he's such a jerk. But the thing is... And that's true. I don't think anyone can dispute that. And that's why I was thinking as well. But I also feel like, at the same time, that's not the point of the movie. And so I 
get what you're saying, but I don't think it does. And I think we're meant to try to understand both of these characters at face value. Yeah. And does that make sense? It, it does. Just, I think sitting here, I kind of... I mean, I love the ending. The 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 last 20 minutes of this movie are incredible. But there is something that kind of does make me feel bad coming out of it because him doing that means that Dr. Fletcher is going to be like, I was right. And someone literally killed themselves over the stress that he inflicted upon them. Yeah. I don't think he should be a teacher, but... <laughs> no, definitely not. But that's Whiplash. The last thing we really have to do before our list is give it a score. So I will start with you. No, you go first. Me first? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say, oh God, say a 93. I'm going to say a 94. Oh, wow. That was what I wrote down. Yeah, it, I mean, it's a really good movie. I like could probably go higher, but I always get so nervous going high, so. This is a movie too. I won't, I'm going to wait till it's on a streaming service to rewatch it again because we had to pay for it, spoiler alert, but I mean, I could see myself watching it again because there's so, so much, so much going on. Yeah. And I'll stick with a 94, but like, I probably could have gone higher. Yeah. It was really good. It's also like so hard when you first watch a movie, like give it an accurate rating because you're like just still letting it sink in. Yeah. So yeah, it's hard to do it, but I'm not a movie critic. I'm just a movie lover. So it's hard to take our scores at face value Yeah, or not at face. Uh, I don't know. Look, we liked it. Well, we loved, <laughs> we loved it, it. It was a very good movie. We loved it. You definitely should watch it if you haven't. I think it was a good idea to watch it because well, actually, we hadn't watched before. Uh, and we kind of talked about it, kind of didn't talk about it. J.K. Simmons, in- incredibly... Incredible performance. I, I mean, sometimes when you hear that someone won an Oscar, you're like, yeah, okay. This was an Oscar-worthy performance. And then Miles... Miles Teller was awesome, too. And John had looked it up, um, which... I don't know. I had known this because I really was obsessed with Miles Teller for a, for a little bit. Drumming. He did all the drumming in the movie, and, and it's I, he did the he did the last scene. They did like hundreds of takes of that last scene, which is crazy. His, sorry, his hands were actually probably bleeding. Yes, they probably were. Oh my god! <laughs> but yeah, go watch Whiplash if you haven't. Yeah, please do. It's a very good movie. It's good. Yeah. So our top five this week. You know, it's, it gets harder and harder sometimes to do these top five, like, categories. But this week we chose to do top five music movies. So whether that be not a musical, but... Movies based around musicians. Yeah, music or the music industry or, some you know, something of that yeah. nature. It was pretty ambiguous. Yeah. It's easier to do. Yes. So uh, do you want to start or should I start? Yeah, I can do... I can start with my number five. I don't have any honorable mentions this week because... I was combing through lists, and there's a lot that I haven't seen, mm-hmm. so that made it kind of tough, and even now, I'm kind of questioning my numbers, but I'm just going to roll with it. So, at number five, I have another incredible acting performance, and that is Jamie Foxx as Ray, the Ray Charles movie. Sweet. I mean, I'm of the opinion Jamie Foxx doesn't get enough love for his work as an actor. If you have not seen Ray, I think it's from 2004, go watch it, because he is it's captivating. It is so good. It's a good, good movie. Um, I do have an honorable mention, and it's like not as it's like all these movies that 
I put down are like all very serious. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you too. So one, one of them's not. Okay. My honorable mention is music and lyrics, which is not a based on a true story at all. And it's a romantic comedy with Drew Barrymore and Hugh Grant. But it's just a really feel good movie. And it's really cute about the art of songwriting and composing. I've never actually seen that. Oh my gosh, it's so good. It's about like 80s. Like he was an 80s, he's an 80s washed up star. Yeah. And he has to write a song for this like pop girl. It's kind of like Shakira. Yeah. And he meets, yeah, it's really good. Actually, I do have an honorable mention. Okay, what is it? Uh, And it's so loosely about a musical performer, but it's the wedding singer. <laughs> loosely. 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 Uh, but my number five is Eight Mile with it did not make my list but it's very good really yeah okay. uh eight mile of eminem probably it's like not my favorite like i won't watch it all the time but i would say like the let like the fi- it's the same thing the final scene in that movie oh, is so good. incredible and it's really just good story really not rugged what's the word like gritty raw yeah it's really raw Raw yeah. movie. Raw it's, it's a movie. Vi- it's a very good movie. I think it didn't make even kind of thinking about it because I've seen it like on a rainy Saturday afternoon so many times where it's just like on a random TV mm-hmm. station and I kind of tune it out to a degree. Yeah. But I, I agree. The final scene of that, that's a key thing for music movies. That you got to have a really good final scene <laughs> to okay. make me remember it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It was number um, four. My number four, the only lighthearted movie and... I don't know if Anna's going to feel the same way and push back, but it's Blues Brothers. I've never seen it. Really? Yeah. It's really good. No, I'm sure I'll like it's it. It's really good. That was the same thing, too. Like, I had never seen Caddyshack, and John was like, you need to watch it. And then I watched it. I really liked it, so I'm sure I'll it's, like it. It's not as good as Caddyshack, but, like, <laughs> it's it's a really it's a really interesting look at, like, Chicago in that time. Yeah, no, I, like, looked up, like, best music movies, and I almost, like, put it on there, but I've never seen well, it, and so they I have, can't do that. It's, a, it's, like, Whiplash had really good jazz music. There's a lot of really good jazz yeah. stuff in Blues Brothers, too, despite being a comedy. So, yeah, that's my number four. We should watch that. Yeah. No, I'm about that. That's on my list. It's on my yeah. bucket list. Uh, my number four is Whiplash. Yeah. Pretty, pretty easy. I'll, I'll get my number three out of the way. It's Whiplash. <laughs> and I'm kind of looking at my list. I'm like, it could have been higher. Yeah. I mean, the thing is... I, it could have been higher. I think, like, it may be better than one movie that's in my top three. But I think that the other th- the other three, I, like, are my favorites. Like, yeah. I'll watch them a lot. And this, I don't know if I would watch all the time. Yeah. You just said your number three. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my number three is Ray, just like John. I was surprised that you had that on there. Because I've never movie. heard you talk about it. It's so uh, good. But, no, I do. That movie, I remember the day I watched it in third grade. And I went, I watched it when it came out. Wow. And it was, like, such an impactful movie for me. For some reason, I, like, just... I was obsessed with Ray Charles after that. We had, uh, for Black History Month, we had to draw a picture of a of a black American that was impactful to us, and I drew a picture of Ray, and it was, like, my... it Ray Charles, it was, like, my prized possession because it looked so... Like, it was actually really good for a third grader. <laughs> and so I really loved that movie, and actually that movie was just on cable, and I walked into my living room, and I was like, oh, my God, I knew exactly right when I saw it. But I just remember for some reason it was just really... I mean, it's an amazing movie, but oh, at that so time good. it really, like, resonated with me. I don't know why. I really liked Ray Charles after that. Yeah. So. 
and someone I don't know a ton about Ray Charles, so that movie was like very. Oh my gosh, all the stuff he had to go through in his life is just yeah. insane. Well, he started going blind at like seven, right? Well, yeah, because he accidentally, um, his he he accidentally drowned his his kid yeah. brother. And no, then, no, I, I knew that. And I, then I was just thinking of when he actually yeah. started going. So that blind, was when he started yeah. going blind. And then, like, all the racism and, like... Mm-hmm. But also, he already had so much prejudice against him because he was blind. And then, like, on top of that, the racism of that time. Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah. I want to... But I need Jamie to watch Fox, it. Yes, and I agree. Jamie Foxx does not get the, the... He won for that, though. He won for his portrayal I'm, of Ray. I'm pretty sure Charles. he did, yeah. Jamie Foxx is apparently doing a Mike Tyson movie. Interesting. All right. So, yes. So, what's your number two? My number two is Straight Outta Compton. I haven't seen that either. Oh, it's so good. You 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 have to see it. Oh, I don't know how I haven't seen like oh there's so it's, many movies. It's the the only so no disrespect to anyone in the movie, Aldous Hodges is like the only real big name actor that portrays one of them. Mm-hmm. But everyone is so spot on yeah. in their in their depiction. It's it's another one of those movies where you watch it and you're just you're hooked. Like y- your eyes are just you're captivated by everything on screen. It is such a faithful recreation of that time period. Yeah. Uh, my number two is A Star is Born, the 2019 remake with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. I just think that movie has everything. Like, mm-hmm. it's there's romance, but it's also a drama, and it deals with wanting to be a star but then also the trials of being a mm-hmm. of being in the spotlight and mental illness and oh just so many things that wrapped into one and it's a beautiful movie and also Bradley Cooper and Lydia are amazing together the music in it the songs are so good and with the coolest fun fact about it if you don't know this and I'm gonna really want to do this movie but I don't know we'll see if we'll do it we'll probably um, do it at some point but the coolest fact about this movie is that when Bradley Cooper asked Lady Gaga to do it with him, she said that she was uncomfortable because she's like, I'm I'm not that great of an actress. I've never done something like this before. But if you're going to push me to be the best actress that I can be, I'm going to push you to be the best musician that you can be. And so they sang everything live. It was not I, recorded. I did not know that. Everything in the movie is sung live on stage, like, during Did the... they, like, one take everything, or did they do multiple takes? No, but, like, usually when they do, like, if you watch Chicago, or you watch Rent, or you watch any kind of musical movie, it's yeah. usually, like, a lip sync. Yeah. Like, they, they do the original recording, and that's a lip sync yeah. version. But they did not do that. Dang, I didn't know that. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, I'm sure we'll do that at some point. It's a good movie. Yeah. Well, that brings us to number one. My number one probably not that surprising if you know my feelings about Joaquin Phoenix but it's walk the line uh there's not a ton you can say that's my number one too oh it's such a good movie I'm pretty sure it's my sister's favorite movie it is her favorite movie it is oh my god so I was thinking about this when so I watched Joker like last week or two weeks ago or something and just Joaquin Phoenix is incredible at everything he did, but his work as Johnny Cash is still... I I can't believe what he did. And the fact that he sang for that movie, too. And he was... 
and at first they had it all like a couple octaves higher because he couldn't get his voice so low but then he worked so hard on it that they had to rearrange the music again when they started filming because he actually got his voice as low as johnny cash yeah if you haven't seen it that's kind of weird oh my gosh it's an amazing movie and reese witherspoon oh she's at her best i mean Oh, I just love that movie. I can't even, like, talk about it. I wouldn't even be able to do an episode because I just love that movie so much. It takes the words out of my mouth. I haven't watched it in a while. It's so perfect. I need to find if it's on something and watch it. Like, their dynamic together is just what makes that movie mm-hmm. amazing. And just, oh, and that's another one that has to do with, and I think, I guess A Star is Born and, like, Walk the Line. I think a lot of these had a similar, it's all about, like, it's just a lot of, like, psychological mm-hmm. analysis and mentally. And you just get to see the things that they went through, like, emotionally and mentally. Well, and I think that stuff about music plays into that so well because so many musicians do... We always think about how easy it is. Well, it's like, like I said, like, there's no... You can't get to greatness. Like, yeah. A lot of things like art. I think most people, if not all, like, musicians, artists anything like that have gone like have felt a lot of pain and a lot of have had to overcome many struggles in their life and that's what makes them so great well it's it's that combo of struggles and just chance Mm -hmm. wasn't lady gaga akon was in a place that she was performing at randomly one night and he was one of the first big people to see her like at a bar or something she performed at Lollapalooza and no i'm talking i'm talking before before that even I know, but that, but I would say that's not even a big thing. I would say more so her, that, like, if you're going to talk about her, then it's the fact that she played a Lollapalooza and they said that she would never amount to anything. And then three years later, she was headlining it. Yeah. And, like, they said that she was an awful singer, that she couldn't do anything. Like, look at her now. Yeah. So. I don't know. I get a lot of no's. to, To finish my point, I think music movies lend to that because becoming a successful artist is not it's not easy obviously no. no it's like harder than other things i think though i mean look at american idol anyone thinks they can sing <laughs> anyone yeah i mean if i had to put like a top 10 i was just thinking about how much i like the walk a lot i just feel like that has to be in like my top 25 movies oh you went from 10 to 25 there i get nervous if i ever try to say like my top 10 because then i feel like i won't be able to fit all the like I have to give it a bigger number. Yeah, it's It'll... hard. To, it's hard to do because you're like, well, at least me. I'm a very much a prisoner of the moment. So if I see something recently, I'm like, oh, that is so. Yeah, good. you get like really obsessed with things. I feel like I do have some like favorite movies that like yeah. you can like point out. Yes. In in every genre, it's hard to say like, oh, what's my favorite movie? Yeah. Do you think you can pick out what my favorite movie would be? Toy Story. <laughs> no. I don't think so. My favorite. We're going to continue this <laughs> next week. <laughs> I just think it's an interesting question to go through, but whatever. Well, it's hard to, like, off the top. I feel like if I had... This is my favorite If movie. I had to get something that came, like, close, like a movie that, like, just really means a lot to me, it'd be Silver Linings Playbook. My, my favorite movie is incredibly easy to guess. Batman, The Dark Knight. It's The Dark Knight. <laughs> it's easily The Dark Knight. Easily, easily getting back on topic those are <laughs> those are our top five music or movies about music or musicians or whatever, whatever. non-musical <laughs> non-musical category i don't even think i could do five musicals wow i'm not a musical we gotta get per- you culture i'm not a musical person 
Maybe when we watch Hamilton. Well, anyways, that is Whiplash. That is music movies. And that is also a bunch of random stuff. (laughs) Thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope that this was an interesting episode. We were were scared to do a drama because we felt like you couldn't have a fun, lighthearted conversation with that. But I feel like we had a lot of nice analysis. Yeah. Uh, Also, before we go... I want to outline a slight gripe I have. We put out two polls last week, one on Twitter and one on Instagram, about if Superbad or Step Brothers was a better movie. On Twitter, Superbad won, and on Instagram, Step Brothers won. Does that won. surprise you, though? Like, I feel like if I was going to say, like, which social media would like which, I would say Instagram would be Step Brothers. Yeah, so a message. If you're on Instagram, you are uncultured. Oh, my God. <laughs> also, can I'm I kidding. just say that on Instagram we got more votes on Instagram and it, on Instagram it won by a landslide okay well I'm just leaving that in at the end I appreciate all the Instagram folks I appreciate the Twitter folks and I appreciate all the people that listen if you participate in the poll you're we extra like you because more than half people just go past and don't even do anything with it all you gotta do is click one or the other we really need this information for our own sake for this podcast <laughs> Well, thank you everyone for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Yes, have a good weekend. Bye. Just proves my point, really. There are no two words in the English language more harmful than good job. But is there a line? You know, maybe you go too far and you discourage the next Charlie Parker from ever becoming Charlie Parker. No, man, no. Because the next Charlie Parker would never be discouraged. Yeah. The truth is, Andrew, I... never really had a Charlie Parker. But I tried. I actually fucking tried. And that's more than most people ever do. And I will never apologize for how I tried.